That went live a lot quicker than it should have. So makes me think there might be an issue. We shall see. Um, going to talk about what happened Tuesday. Going to talk about the GOP and uh, some of the potential challenges they're facing and how they can maybe overcome them leading into 2024. We've got some Rashida Tlaib news. We got some Vladimir Zelensky stuff and some AI porn of your daughter's. So stay tuned for that. If you're watching the replay, skip ahead three minutes, watch the rest of the show and uh, hit the thumbs up, follow the channel, do all the free things. And we'll be back in a few minutes.
McDonald in Atlanta, joined by Danielle Munoz in Minnesota. Hey, Danny. Hey, Al. How you doing? Doing great. It is Thursday, November 9th, 2023. It's good to be back. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll say hi to our friends at the break, Danielle. Um, a couple of little things to start off with today, I think, Danny. Um, first of all, start with this one because, yeah, yeah, the Congress doing some work. House censures Tlaib over her rhetoric in stunning rebuke. They say this is um, sources are available over on Locals. You can join our Locals page for free. Head over there and get access to the show notes and the sources. Uh, obviously, if you want to. The House voted late Tuesday to censure Democratic Rep Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, the only Palestinian American in Congress, in an extraordinary rebuke of her rhetoric about the Israel-Hamas war, Danielle. In the 234-188 tally, uh, sorry, the 234-188 tally came after enough Democrats joined with Republicans to censure Tlaib, a punishment one step below expulsion from the House. The uh, three-term congresswoman has long been a, been a target of criticism for her views on the decades-long conflict in the Middle East. I think they mean to say her um, anti-Semitism. Right, yeah. Yes, her hatred. That's, that's what they meant. Jeanette. I don't mean yeah. to rewrite their story, but that's right. what they meant. Debate on the censure resolution on Tuesday afternoon was emotional and intense. Republican Mitch McCormick of Georgia pushed the censure measure in response to what he called Tlaib's promotion of anti-Semitic rhetoric. He said she has levied unbelievable falsehoods about our greatest ally, Israel, and the attack on October 7th. With other Democrats standing by her side, Tlaib defended her stance, saying she will not be silenced and I will not let you distort my words. It's important, she says, to separate people and government. The idea that criticizing the government of Israel is anti-Semitic sets a very dangerous precedent, and it's been used to silence diverse voices speaking up for human rights across our nation. Again, what she meant to say there was, from the river to the sea... Right. You will not fucking censure me, is what she meant to say there. No, I'm sorry. I'll I know you don't speak Arabic, so you might not understand that what they what they mean to say is from the river to the sea, Israel will no longer be. Yes. Yeah. From the you river, will no longer exist is what she meant to say. It's what she meant to say. From the river yeah. to the sea, uh, we will genocide every Israeli citizen yeah. is what she meant. We will genocide your ass is what she meant to say. Yes. And, and when I say what she meant to say, it's what she actually did say right. in a tweet. Uh, last week or over the weekend, she act in a tweet. She actually invoked the anti-Semitic call to action from the river to the sea, um, because she's a terrorist sympathizer. Yeah. Is what she is. She is a keen terrorist sympathizer. It's good to see that there are some Democrats in the House that were willing to step up. She's still telling the lie that it was Israel that that well, first of all, that the hospital was bombed and that it was, that Israel, it was Israel that, that did, did it. it. Yeah. 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 She two, is a two falsehoods. Neither of those things is true. She is a filthy, dirty piece of work is what mm -hmm. she is. Mm -hmm. 
And if censure is one step below expulsion, I don't know if this is a procedural thing, procedural thing, right? That they have to censure before they get they to, to expel a step at a time. But I'm not entirely comfortable with members of the House of Representatives who actively speak out in support of terror, who actively support a terrorist organization and make no bones about it. And then turns around and plays the victim because right. her, her diverse voice is being stifled. Crying. She cried. Yeah. Her diverse voice is being stifled in the halls of Congress while she is actively calling for, for violence and, um, and is getting violence right here at home in America, because if people don't think that she's an influential voice on these, um, let's say young people who probably don't even really know what it is they're protesting. Right. They have no idea. What they do know is that they're leftists, right? Some of them Marxists. Many of these young people call themselves proudly socialist. They know that one of their socialist squad icons is, um, speaking out in defense of Hamas. And so they follow her lead. Well, and like we've talked about the, you know, it's sort of the brotherhood of the oppressed that, you know, if the Palestinians are the, if they are the oppressed and that's, you know, the first given that you must accept and we stand up for the oppressed, then we must stand up for them. Yeah. And, you know, that's the simple thing three-step equation there i'm going to bring up dave's super chat again thank you dave thank appreciate you. it brother Thanks, dave. a congressional censure of a democrat these days is equivalent to a bad yelp review yeah I, I, here's this is why i say i wonder if this is procedural and they have to right. do this before they can move for expulsion because a censure isn't going to make any difference to her hatred no. the hate that's in her heart the her her, her pure hatred for for jews isn't going away because of a censure. And so the only logical step is to remove her from that position of authority. It's the only next right. logical step. Uh, along with the other criminal member of the squad, the one that pulled the fire alarm, the, the, the one, uh, I can't remember his name. Right. And it does, I don't care at this point. It doesn't, the criminal, the, the right. thug, as I like to call other people have a name for him. I just call him the thug. Um, who who did exactly what I predicted to the I I mean I called it to the oh yeah 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 absolutely amazing he needs to be gone as well he committed by the Democrats uh, own standard their own legal standard he committed an insurrection he should be gone Jamal Bowman thank you very much Janine yeah, yeah Jamal you. Bowman piece of uh, what a piece of work I want to follow up on something. Um, Actually, no, I don't. We're going to talk about this. Zelensky going full-on communist. Zelensky says it's irresponsible to hold elections during wartime. Also in Ukraine, a commander uh, a commander says an aide was killed by a grenade in a birthday gift. Happy birthday. Yeah. Oh, my. Vladimir Zelensky, not, not quite willing to give up the power that he has the uh, the dictator the dictatorial power that he's managed to amass for himself, Daniel. Backed by the way, 
with American tax dollars. He, he gained power and keeps power courtesy of, uh, of Mr. and Mrs. America. So you're welcome, Zelensky. You know who else was duly elected and has yet to have another election since 2006 and is also backed by our tax dollars? Oh, Holmes Mahmoud Abbas over in... Oh, yeah, over in... Um, Palestine. Palestine, the that's right. Hamas. Who, that's right. did you hear? They tried to kill him because he was too liberal? Mm. Yeah. Um, again, <laughs> yes, too liberal. You can't make this stuff up, dude. Right. Hey, yeah. What is the PLO's name now? The the uh, PLA. Oh, they. I mean, yeah. they went. They went all out. It was like the KKK changing their name to KK lowercase K. KKQ. K. Yeah. KK lowercase K. Yes. Yeah. Or KKQ. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. The the PLO. They uh, the magical rebranding into the PLA that fooled. I swear. I shit you not. It actually did fool the UN and uh, this administration. For they didn't pull the wool over my eyes, right? Or anybody with eyes. Well, it's all the same guys. Yeah, they didn't even change their pictures. Like, didn't change their front men. Didn't change their turbans. Yes. Didn't change shit. Yeah, it's, it's all like, the same dudes. Yeah, but yeah, the PLH tried to kill him because he's not radical enough for them. Yes, amazing. And, you know, the U.N. and this administration and, and people like Rashida Tlaib try to convince us that the PLA is, is this great organization. It's, it's akin. Here's what it's akin to. The climate debate, right? We were, we've been, how many times have we been told that the world's going to end by X year? How and dare I you? I think Al Gore told us we would all be dead by 2010, which right. I can report I can report that theory has been thoroughly debunked by scientists rigorously going outside and looking around. Yeah, by being alive. So, so yeah. So, and that's that's the same with the PLO, PLA. It's the same people. It's the same terrorists. Right. Yeah, just look just around. a different name. And right. uh, and of course, Rashida Tlaib wants to uh, wants to back and support the terrorists, just like she wants to back and support the. Uh, the terrorists in Ukraine. Again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Russia's the good guys there. They're not. They're Russia. The Russians are pieces of shit too. Right. We've just attached. We've hitched our wagon to the uh, Ukrainian pieces of shit, and they're little. It was nice to see Vivek last night call out Vladimir Zelensky as the Nazi in cargo pants. I don't know if you saw that part. I did see that. Um. That was that was interesting. I think we'll be talking a bit about the debate. Yeah, I think tonight. you said the Nazi comedian in cargo pants. Yeah, but Zelensky has decided that his time is not over. He's canceling the elections. I mean, his 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 term is up. Doesn't matter. Please, what's a now's, what's, now is not the time. What's a little communism in a former communist bloc country? You know what I mean? They're you. They know. They know what it is. So yeah. What a guy. What a guy. One, he'll probably get a Time magazine cover for that. Yeah. For going all dictator. Um, we talked recently, Monday, I think it was, about uh, those the th current three cases of election fraud. And I said yeah. I had some video related to that. I want to play one of those videos real quick, just to follow up to the okay. other day, just to just to show folks what I was talking about. 
This is um, this is Wanda Getter Pataki, who is um, the prime the well the, the the person that was convicted in the Bridgeport, Connecticut election case. Actually, I take that back. I don't know if she's been convicted yet. I have no doubt she will be. That was her making her first visit to the Dropbox to stuff ballots, and then sneaky little cow thought she was walking out of range of the cameras takes more ballots out of her bag and walks back to the Dropbox, Danielle. And yeah, there she goes. Stuff's a, stuff's a few more in there. 5.34 in the morning, by the way. And and then she shuffles off. If you could, I don't know what you would call that. I call yeah, dude, it a, she's got a gate on I her, I call it she? a shuffle. Jesus. Oh, here she comes again. Looking around. gallop. Looking around, making sure, forgot all about the camera apparently, but she's looking around, making sure no one's there. There's one, oh, stuff those in, let's stuff those in, and yep, stuff those in, like she's stuffing a cake down her throat. Um, Does she turn to speak to somebody? Yeah, there's, there's another clip here somewhere. There she is. So actually, let me, we'll get back to that. Let me explain to you who this woman is. She is a, a Connecticut government employee who's accused of being seen in a video, a Bridgeport video in Connecticut uh, elections case in which ballot stuffing is alleged. She is the. Um, damn it. Somewhere here tells us her official title. She's like the chairman of whatever their equivalent of a city council is. This is okay. in Connecticut. They have weird things. Right. Um, they have these weird boards and whatnot. Well, she's the chairman of this board. She's the um, she's the uh, person in charge, apparently. Um, and she wrong video. Bear, run, shit, wrong video. Here she is back in her office with one of her employees. Now she's handing ballots to her employee and having him go stuff the box while she keeps watch. There you go. She's going to keep an eye on him to make sure that he does it right. Good man. Multiple illegal absentee <gasps> ballots being deposited. And then he heads back in. This is the video that has been produced. Her defense was uh, to plead the fifth at trial. She pled the fifth. Not only did she plead the fifth, she pled the fifth like 30 something times, I believe. Which is her right. Absolutely. Doesn't Listen, mean she's guilty. I, 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 uh, I do I not. Um, I do I not. Know. Yeah, I I don't resent her exercising. I mean that video, the the absolute evidence on the video means she's guilty. Yes. The yeah. fact that she pleads a fifth means she's got a good lawyer. Yeah, but she, her lawyer has more control over her than Donald Trump has over him. Yeah, she she uh another article that's probably linked in the show notes. Pardon me, another article probably talks about how many times she actually pled the fifth. 32. I th no, wait, no, that ain't right. That's a different number. It was in the 30s. She pled the fifth like 30 odd times, as is her right to do. Yep. Just like her right to uh, stuff ballots into ballots. Oh, no, that's not a right, is it? That's different. Damn no. it. Damn it. The reason I know it gets confusing. Yeah. Well, the you're not a citizen, so I know it gets confusing. It, oh, it's so confusing. Who knows? Yeah. I. 
listen, I don't know what the rules are for stealing an election in America. It's so it's it's different to the way you would steal elections, say, in um, Nicaragua. Right. Where they just go out with guns and shoot. Yeah, you just chop somebody's head off. Yes. Here, here, it's a bit more nuanced. I think that's the word the left likes to use. It's a little bit more nuanced and apparently involves um, fat heifers stuffing ballots and then forcing their employees to stuff ballots uh seemingly the reason i mention it is because listen we're going to get into this when we move on to the next story after we say hi to our friends but the democrats gram game is strong and they are in full effect and when the thumbnail says the gop is in trouble it's not an opportunity for me to beat up on the gop it's an opportunity for me to point out where they need or where they can improve right now before that though danny let's say hi to our friend shall we yes please let's do let's see who's here with us peggy brown is here what's up peggy good to see you janine shanner is here hey janine good to see you uh michelle brown is here what's up michelle hi michelle thank you for being here holly allison's here what's up holly good to see you um bill campbell's here what's up bill good to see you brother diamond dave what's up dave good to see you my man honey honey and, you know, I think that's everyone that said hi. Did we say so hi far, to Joy? Hi, sister. Hey, Joy. Joy yeah, here. Joy's here. What's up, Joy? Uh, if you're watching live, hit the live chat button. Jump if, if you can, if you have a live chat button available to you. Uh, Janine says she's on paid leave at the moment. This uh, old Wanda, I'm assuming she means Wanda okay. Getter Pataki is on uh, paid leave at the moment. But yeah, fair play to her pleading the fifth. I imagine she's going to go to jail. But who knows? Who knows? What is the... We know what the punishment is for um, having a guided tour around the Capitol by the Capitol Police. We know the punishment for that's 25 years. Right. What is the punishment for actually stealing an election? I I think it depends if you're a Democrat. I mean, it's the presidency, right? Then you have to be president. sure. Not sure. And that election was overturned, by the way, by the judge. And uh, I guess they're going to have to redo it, courtesy of Ms. Wanda. And let's not think for one second that she's the only one. Not for one second, let's believe that she's the only one out there stuffing ballots. All right, let's talk about... Let's talk about... Talk about Tuesday and talk about last night. Because Tuesday was not a good day. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Tuesday. Yeah, it was not a good day for Republicans. We're going to start with this. Ohio ballot measures, abortion rights and marijuana. They codified the right to, um, well, the right to kill babies at any point up until and including birth. They codified it into their constitution in Ohio, Danielle. And they're not the only state to have done this. In fact, it was on the ballot in two other states last night. Is there no limit? And it passed. Yeah, no limit. It was on the ballot in two other states last night. It passed, and I think four other states already have done this. And listen, I'm okay with that because it's the people of those states voting to do this. So I've heard that they codified Roe v. Wade. That's not what happened. No, they, 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 their, their measure allows for women to make their own reproductive and uh, uh, whatever they called it, health decisions, including abortion at any time during the pregnancy. 
So no, it doesn't codify. It codifies certain aspects of Roe, but it doesn't codify Roe. It's their, they wrote their own, uh, they, they wrote their own. Right. Well, I mean, which makes sense. I did. Yeah. yeah the codifying Roe, was, Roe didn't really make sense, but, yeah. and I was like, okay, well that's a bit of a relief because at least in Roe, there were limitations. Mm -hmm. Here's the concern. Here's the concern or should be the concern for Republicans. And I want to, I want to be clear up front. This is a messaging issue. This isn't, to me, this isn't a problem that cannot be overcome. In fact, I think it can be overcome very easily with the right messaging. The problem is the Republicans have had zero messaging. We had a debate and four candidates gave four different answers to this question, right? What, right. what do Republicans do about abortion here? Four candidates had four separate answers. Neither, none of them touched on what I think is the key to it, but some of them came close. So this isn't insurmountable, but right now the, the left is winning. The, the pro-abortion crowd is winning, and that's evidenced by these numbers. These numbers are not the typical split for elections these days, where it's 48-52, 49-51. This is 57% to four, or 50, you know, 56.6 to 43.4. This is a, a blowout. This is a, um, it's a thrashing. And the reason they were successful like this is because the Democrats are on message. They know the message. They are unified behind one universal message, and they are touting that message from the, from the rafters. The Republicans have no response. Now, I'm not, I can't necessarily beat up on the Republicans for that because, well, I can, because I was about to say who knew Roe was going to get overturned. Well, every one of us did six months prior to it being right. overturned. The decision was leaked. And the minute you read Roe, you knew it was shit law. So... Republic, I mean, everybody should have been ready for Roe to be overturned as soon as it was heard. The question was, when is it going to be heard? Yeah. Right? So, but Re yeah, I mean, and to your point, six months. Republicans need, they need a marketing campaign. You shouldn't have to market the virtue of not killing babies, but right now, they have to market the virtue of not killing big one. No, I no. I want you to finish your point, and then I'm going to disagree with you. Go ahead. You disagree with me right now. Well, I wanted you to make the point. I can't even speak. I wanted you to make the point that you made the other night, which was that they need to talk about heartbeat, mm -hmm. right? And I think, and and Ben Shapiro talked about this, and I think I heard somebody else talk about it too. And we talked about it. I think that's a mistake. I think that you can't, and and I think now we, now I feel like it's punching down to make this point because we know it's a mistake because I think we lost Ohio because of this. That in Ohio, like 
you can push heartbeat in Georgia and in Florida, where you know that you have a lot of conservative votes and that even though Georgia's purple, it's really not purple. Like Georgia is red with a touch of blue. So you can get, you know, heartbeat bills passed there. But in Ohio, you're not going to get a heartbeat bill passed, but you might get a viability bill passed. You might get a don't kill a fucking baby when it can recognize its own name bill passed. So I think that you have to have, depending on the market, I mean, I don't know if this is like, duh, like, of course you do, but I think depending on the market, like you have to um, cater your message to the market. Like, does that make sense? Yes. Like, yeah. Uh, the, The market is, is women. Quite frankly, the market is for this is women. There is no other market. Right. But it's but in in the deep south, it's, you know, very conservative women in the Midwest. It's it's not. So where you can where you can get women in the deep south to say, oh, yeah, if there's a heartbeat, you can't kill it in the Midwest you know, you're more likely to get a, well, if it can live outside the mother's body, you can't kill it. I, I say heartbeat because that is the, that's the evidence anecdotal as it is. That's the evidence that I've seen that brings people around. There's a, there's a, there's a talking point that, that appears to be quite successful, which is uh, 15 or 16 weeks. You probably, is that three months for it? No, uh, four months. 12. Yeah. Four months, I, I hear people talking about, and I've Ooh, heard it a mentioned a lot since Tuesday. People yeah. are talking about sixteen weeks, and um, and the numbers are pretty clear. The numbers are pretty clear that people, two thirds of Americans, support restrictions on abortion after sixteen weeks. Two thirds of Americans. Now, I think that's a compromise many people aren't willing to make especially on the pro-life side. And I want to make it clear, I'm, I'm, you know, I have no skin in the game, right? Uh, it's, it's not for me to decide, oh, th- this is how it needs to be. But what I do know is that Republicans need a clear and concise message. And what they need to do is get on the ground in these states where they have these referendums. Do you know that the Republic, the pro-life side did not have a competing ballot measure? Why? Why? They, did they just give up? Right. Did they think, did they honestly go into it thinking there's no way this is going to pass? Because that's foolish. When you look at the Democrats' messaging on this and the amount of money they're pumping into this, Democrats spent $16 million in Ohio getting this measure to pass. Right. And it's a lot of money. To your point about people who won't concede 16 weeks, look at Ohio. Now you got 40 weeks. Yes. So, you know, do you want to protect fetuses over 16 weeks? Like, do you want to start there and work your way down? Or do you want to go whole hog and risk losing the whole baby? Yeah. But this is what happens when the Republicans have no messaging, they have no response and they can't, they can't come together. And then you end up, but the problem with 
coming together is this disjointed messaging that you're saying, you know, you have to tailor it based on where you are. I think that is a, quite frankly, a huge problem. I think the Republicans need, a, and I know it's going to offend a lot of pro-lifers, but Republicans need a succinct message that their candidates are going to push around the country so as not to confuse the voter and to combat the Democrats' narrative. And well, that, it, yeah. And it's, and it's sim, it, let's, let's say it's 16 weeks. The message should be Democrats want to kill babies up until 40 weeks. We believe there should be restrictions after 16. That's how you counter it. And right. then you you create your own ballot initiatives and you spend the money and you get a you get a competitor on the ballot for people to consider with the wording that you want. Because that's what these people aren't hearing the wording that Republicans want them to hear. They're right. only hearing what the Democrats want them to hear. Well, and we've talked about this time and again. The Democrats have on their side the fact that they're not constrained by fact or truth because their argument is that Republicans want women, first of all, forced pregnancy. That's like one of their big things. And um, that they want women to have to carry the babies of their rapists. Mm -hmm. And I mean that's a that's a buzzer that's a that's an you know a a play to emotion and we lose every time on that one every single time which is why they need a, a coherent message anyone that wants an abortion quite frankly can get an abortion in America anyone that wants them there are no there are a couple of states that have that have gone eh, maybe the whole hog uh, well, one state, I believe it's, uh, I think Alabama have, uh, haven't they just outlawed it completely? I may be wrong about that, but I believe there's one state that has outlawed it completely, but that that's in the courts. Um, every other state, if you want an abortion, you can get one at a certain period of time. I don't know that 15, 16 weeks is the answer. I don't think that's going to appease anybody on the pro-life side, to be honest with you. Uh, Diamond Day, for example, no baby killing, period. However, I do support the right to petition the courts to have your wisecracking, ungrateful teenager put to sleep. Dude, none yeah. of us would have survived that. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, Again, I, I have to go back to the anecdotal evidence that I've seen be successful, which is the question, do you believe there should be restrictions after you hear a heartbeat? And I mean, without fail, the people I've seen who have been asked that question have turned around and said, well, yeah, of course. Maybe they it's, it's feasible they don't realize how early you can you can actually detect right. and, a heartbeat yeah. and but to me that's irrelevant to me it's about the messaging you know if they want to ask i'm not suggesting anyone lie to them if they say well when is that tell them it could be 4 weeks it could be 6 weeks it could be 8 weeks you know it's going to vary and um but that's that has been from my from again from the anecdotal instances I've seen, that is the turning point for for 
well, everyone that I've seen asked that question. And according to the polling, it's six to two thirds of the country support restrictions after I believe it's 16 weeks. It might be 15. Um, but what the Republicans need is a concise, coherent, and um, quite frankly, consistent answer to the question, and they just don't have it. And without that, they are going to lose. And these numbers will carry over into the general election. 60% of women voted for uh, voted yes for uh, Prop 1 in Ohio. 60% so if, of women. If that hadn't passed, what would the law have been? Uh, whatever it is currently. And I think that was one of those trigger laws. I might be wrong, but I think that was one of those that, remember all those that like as soon as Roe fell, there were those laws that were immediately, immediately triggered. I think that might've been one of those. So I'm not know. sure. I'm I not think there sure. were a lot of forces at play there. Yeah. Listen, I know in Ohio you can get an abortion. They have not outlawed abortion. So, um, yeah, whatever their current whatever their current state of affairs is now, had the ballot measure not passed, it would be that status quo. Right. Um, but the the Republicans, the pro life side, should have had their own ballot measure. That's what they should have had. That's a lack of organization. It's a lack of forethought, and and probably a little bit of arrogance coming into play there. Well, no right. one's gonna no one's gonna vote to kill babies up until the last day. Yes, they are. 60% of them are. You because know, and I wonder how many people that voted for that don't, like, think that who would do that? Like, nobody's going to kill their, like, yeah, a late term. Nobody's right. going to do that. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Well, and the, in the other states that have passed this, the numbers have been very similar. They've been blowouts. This is going to be a problem for Republicans going into 2024 unless they can take control of this debate, unless they can get messaging out there that, that tells these women, no, we, we don't want to outlaw it, you know? And it may be a matter of having to right. take baby steps, but 16 weeks is better than 40. You know right. what I mean? And well, in 16 weeks starts the conversation versus you want to make, you know, women, you know, victims of incest have, you know, their daddy's babies. Right. Right. Then there's the rest of the, the night, the rest of Tuesday, Virginia, for example, Glenn Youngkin, overwhelming victory a couple of years ago, lost four seats in the Senate. Lost four seats in the Senate. That's because people came out to vote on Measure 1. They had, uh, Virginia had a, um, a, a, a ballot measure as well. No, they didn't. I take that back. It was... Um, Can I want to say Kentucky. Kentucky. I think it was Kentucky. No, Virginia. In fact, this is even worse. Virginia didn't have a ballot measure. And yet in a state where uh, Glenn Youngkin won an overwhelming victory, Republicans lost four Senate seats in the House, in their state House, not in Congress, obviously. Lost four seven seats. They went from a 52 to 48 uh, 
majority to a 52 to 48 minority. The difference two years makes. This happened all over the country. Republicans took a beating all over the country. And the question is why, right? In the states, I think in the states where abortion was on the ballot, we know why. I think that's pretty clear. But why in these other, why in these other places did Republicans take a beating? Why, why did Glenn Youngkin, who was overwhelmingly popular, why did he lose four Republican Senate seats? Because the Republican Party isn't cohesive. Right. Same problem they have with abortion. There's no cohesion on the Republican side. Too much infighting, too much bickering back and forth. There's no camaraderie. We've got we've got a minority of the party, you know, kicking out speakers of the House for crying out loud. You know, that's what I was going to say is that those, you know, sort of undecideds, I think, are not deciding Republican-wise because of things like that, because I think they see us as a bunch of freaking screaming hulalias that the, Who would, you know, a lot of the candidates that the Republicans are putting up are freaking crazy. Listen, if we can't govern a party, how can they govern a country? How right. can they govern yeah. a state? Now, I think all of this is less of an issue for the presidential race. Right. I, I think um, we'll talk about that in a second. But I think that the issues we saw on Tuesday affect down ballot Republicans. Right. right. The, the presidential race is going to be the presidential race. It's going to be one candidate against another candidate. These damn ballot races, you know, you've got jungle races. You've got way more, way more candidates to choose from in general for these things. And this lack of cohesion is hurting Republicans all over the country and in some unexpected places. Kentucky, Kentucky has a Democrat governor. Kentucky is about as red as it gets. Right. It's about as red as it gets. The, the, the Trump-backed candidate for governor got his ass handed to him. Handed to him. I haven't seen anything that suggests that is because of Donald Trump. Go on. No, nothing. I just, I mean, if you want to look at anecdotal evidence. Well, I haven't seen anything that from the exit polling where people suggest, no, it's because Trump supported him. What I've seen is from the, from the exit polling that Republicans are unorganized and disjointed and couldn't govern their way out of a paper bag. That's what I'm seeing right now. Well, and by anecdotal evidence, I mean how many Trump-backed candidates have we seen fall flat on their faces? Sure. Sure. So, I mean, we can just add him to the list. He can he can absolutely be added to the list of Trump-backed candidates who uh, don't— uh, I mean, how many Trump-backed candidates don't go on the list? Like, how many— Right. One. Right. How many won? Um— Listen, the party's in disarray. Uh, the only reason the infighting is stopped momentarily is, I mean, quite frankly, the, the far right, the MAGA crowd, they can't really raise a fuss about Johnson right now because they got what they got. Right. 
But I guarantee you they're not happy with Mike Johnson, especially when Mike Johnson is out there passing appropriations for Ukraine. You know, when Mike Johnson is doing exactly what we said he was going to have to do, which is the exact things that Kevin McCarthy had to do. How long before the how long before the 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 MAGA eight decide, OK, we're, we're, we're tired of Mike Johnson and throw right. us into disarray again. But this time, right in the middle of an election cycle. Because. From the outside, that's what people see. You know, people people that watch shows like this, they see it differently. But your average American just sees it as a, a shit show. It's a clusterfuck. And the majority of them blame, actually do blame Donald Trump for the disarray in Congress. And granted, there are a number of people in Congress who didn't like Kevin McCarthy because they didn't see him as Trump loyalist enough, even though Kevin McCarthy absolutely was. Right. There are, where is it? There's a, um, there's a, a in May, there's going to be a midterm in good Lord. Where is it? I can't, I can't remember where it is, but it's, it's a state where the Republican is expected to win. And there are two candidates running for governor. One's name is uh, Justice, and the other one's name is, I think, Conrad. The the guy, I can't remember their first names. The guy, Justice, is the candidate that Donald Trump has uh, endorsed. This guy was a Democrat that flipped to Republican who supports Joe Biden's agenda. And that's the candidate that Donald Trump supports. The other guy is a lifelong conservative. He's never been a Democrat and he's never supported Democrat policies. And he's likely to lose in the primary simply because justice has the um, has the president, uh, President Trump's endorsement. And that's going to cost Republicans the governorship. Because of that. You know, you and I talked about this years ago. And honestly, I don't know what point I was trying to make, but the fact that Don that Donald Trump was the Republican, you know, he was either in the primary or the nominee at the time, and he's not a Republican. And I was like, what is that going to do to the party when the leader of your party is not a member of your party? Right. I mean, is that what we're looking at here? That's exactly that what we're looking at here. If if Donald Trump isn't the Republican nominee, I would say 30% of the people that voted for Trump would, would go back to voting Democrat. That's roughly how many people Donald Trump brought over from the blue side to the red side. Don't get me wrong. These are good people. These are, you know, working blue collar, working class right. Americans who were sick and tired of what Democrats had done to them. And they'll back a Republican as long as that Republican's name is Donald Trump. But they're going to go back to their union supporting ways right. if Donald Trump isn't the nominee. And here's the problem. Donald Trump's going to be fine in a one-on-one -on -one contest, again, assuming Joe Biden is the Democrat nominee. In a one-on-one -on -one contest, Donald Trump is going to be fine. But it's going to hurt candidates' damn ballot. 
Donald Trump getting in the middle of these races, like uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find the, um, I, I'm trying to read and find the, um, the race that's coming up, Danielle, while I'm talking, because I would like for everybody to be able to, uh, to be able to, um, research it and go look at the two candidates. Is it Jim Justice? Yes. Uh, West Virginia. West Virginia. Okay. Jim Justice, like I said, former Democrat, flipped. And it's in West Virginia. It's a very red state, right? In order to get elected, you really need to be a Republican. Joe Manchin is has been a... Uh, he resigned today or announced he's not going to run for re-election. Is that what I saw that way. he made an announcement? I didn't see it. Yeah, he's he's not running for re-election. So that's a Republican Senate seat we're going to pick up. There's no way it goes Democrat, right? I, I understand that... Um, that Manchin is in fact a Democrat, but uh, he was entrenched and Republicans, right. he he voted with Republicans often. That's how he kept his seat. He knows he wasn't going to keep his seat this time. And so uh, there's going to be another race in addition to the, the governor, the gubernatorial race. Jim Justice, former Democrat, supporter of Joe Biden's agenda, gets President Trump's endorsement. Because of that, he will win the primary, but will most likely lose the governor's race when people come out to vote because they're not going to, people aren't going to, people are going to come out to vote in massive numbers in 2024 because Trump's on the ballot. And all of these down ballot candidates whether whether they like it or not, their association with Donald Trump is going to be a deciding factor for many people. We know that West Virginia can elect Democrats. They've done it with Joe Manchin for decades. Right. We know they can elect a, a, a Democrat. Um, my point here is if the president wants to get involved in these damn ballot races, he really needs to put a bit more thought into who he endorses because right now he endorses the person who appears to be the most loyal to Trump. He doesn't look at who is actually conservative. He doesn't look at their record. He doesn't look at their agenda. He simply looks at, well, this guy said nice things about me, so I'm going to endorse him and it's costing us seats all over the country. And it's not going to affect Donald Trump. In fact, when those candidates lose, he's just going to turn around and say, well, it's their fault. They didn't. He's going to blame they, they, them, yeah. yeah, they didn't suck up to me enough or something like that. That's not how you run a party. And again, to those people looking in from the outside, that's what they see. They see this lack of cohesion. They see this infighting. They see this bickering. They see a party that's in disarray and sp- torn down the middle torn down the middle and right now that's the republicans problem i have no problem with donald trump i i at this point i hope he is the nominee just as a slap in the face to the democrat establishment but he's got to do a better job 
with these damn ballot races. If he's going to get involved, he needs much, much better advisors working with him and advising him and thinking about the long-term consequences and the, the, the bigger picture. The bigger picture. Don't hitch your wagon to somebody, especially a Democrat that switched parties simply to get elected. Don't hitch your wagon to that guy when there is a principled conservative running in the race. And just because the principled conservative didn't say, hey, old Donald Trump, doesn't make him your enemy. Right. It just means the guy wants to run his own race. For the love of God, let him do it. Otherwise, we're going to see a replay of the midterms and we're going to see a replay of Tuesday night. If Republicans can't get it together and it's going to have to happen in the next 16 weeks. Right. Sharpish. Yes. We got midterm. We've, we've got primaries coming up in May. If Republicans aren't on message at least a few months prior to that. They're screwed. They're screwed. Not again, not Donald Trump. His race is completely separate. But right. does Donald, it should matter to him because he does he want to govern with a Republican majority or does he want to be a lame duck president with a Democrat majority? What does he want? I think Donald Trump could go either way, quite frankly. He is a Democrat. Yeah, I don't think he cares. Yeah, no, he's a, a Donald Trump is, is a, a, a Democrat. Lifelong has been and probably always will be. Look at what he did with bump stocks. Didn't hesitate trampling on the Second Amendment. Right. Doesn't hesitate to trample on the First Amendment. He's just as eager to shut down his dissenters as Democrats are to shut down their dissenters. The thing with Donald Trump, though, is once he gets an opportunity to govern, he can do some good things. He, he seems to know what he's doing. When it comes to, to turning a country around, I just think he could see beyond that and look at look at the things he needs to do. And it's up to him to unify this party. It really is. He's the de facto leader of this party. Still, to this day, Donald Trump is the de facto leader of right. the GOP, and he's doing absolutely nothing to unify it. Who's on the sidelines? Let's assume it's not Donald Trump. Who's on the sidelines? We had a debate last night. I watched it. It was um, it was interesting. I want to I want to touch on this first because Vivek said, "Why is MSNBC doing this debate? Why isn't somebody else doing it?" I I want to point out that or sorry, why is NBC doing this debate? I want to point something out real quick. If you want to watch last night's debate. Just go on YouTube and NBC has it there. If you want to watch the Fox News debate, you can't. Right. Fox News took it down. The second it stopped streaming, they took it down. I don't know why. I don't know why Fox News don't want anybody to be able to watch the GOP debate that they hosted, but they took it down. Fair play to NBC for having it up there and available for anyone to watch. I'm not not I'm not endorsing NBC here, but I'm saying that NBC did the right thing. This is an important election and we have the right to hear from the candidates, all of them. Fox News doesn't believe that. 
Right. So why is NBC hosting the debate? Well, maybe, maybe because of that. I don't know. Now, he did say, why isn't Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk and, and those guys doing it? And Joe Rogan. Yeah. Well, because they're not serious. Right. Yeah. And only one of them's a Republican and he's really only kind of tangentially Republican. Yes. So Yeah. And this was my issue with Vivek the whole night. It was that that is a sign of inexperience. Right. His opening statement focusing on that. It was great for the sound bites. Yes, it beat up on the media, but it was indicative of his complete lack of inexperience. And we saw that the whole night. Yeah, he was performing. He was absolutely performing. He was heavy on rhetoric. But at some point, you've got to start talking about policy. The guy that was policy heavy last night was Ron DeSantis. In my mind, he was the absolute winner overwhelmingly last night. Was I feel like he's always policy heavy. He's I feel like that's that he was just I feel like they were all who they are last night. Uh huh. Yeah. And. You know, maybe it's just me. I know it's not just me. I know there are a lot of conservative Republicans that want more out of our candidate than the ability to run their mouth and beat up on the media. I want a candidate with experience. Vivek, I'm afraid, as much as I like Vivek and I think he's feisty and I think he's funny, that doesn't make for a good statesman. Yes, it's entertaining. Yeah, you can make the the little memes out of it with the glasses and the da 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 you know, and, oh, he zinged you. But that doesn't make for good policy. I feel like as much as we don't like Chris Christie, I feel like he he nailed um, Vivek when he said that he's like the he's like chat GPT in a candidate. I feel like he absolutely is. He is all sound bites. He's performative. Yeah. He's I feel like there's nothing behind what he says. There's no substance to it. I, I want to hear Vivek on the policies. And I know he's discussed things like that with, for example, the likes of Joe Rogan. I know he's discussed that with him and um, and that's that's a good venue to do it. And I know that Vivek thinks that those are the venues that he needs to be in to get his message out there. The problem is he's talking to an echo chamber in those right. venues. And the place to talk about policy is in these national televised debates. But that's Vivek's inexperience showing. He may get it together. He may be able to rein that in and um, and show the country what he actually stands for. It doesn't help the kind of questions that they asked. They were asking questions about TikTok, for fuck's sake. Right. About, I get it. TikTok, TikTok is cancer. It's absolute cancer. I don't believe in banning TikTok because I'm not a, you know, I'm, I'm a First Amendment person. I'm not an absolutist, obviously, but I believe that uh, if somebody wants to use TikTok, have at it and use it. If you want to poison your mind with communist Chinese cancer, poison your mind with communist Chinese cancer. I don't believe your kids should be allowed to do it. And I think there should absolutely be an age ban on TikTok. But if other people want to do it, have at it. But NBC knew that that was going to cause a, a little tussle. Right. And it did between Vivek and Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley proved that she would be a formidable candidate 
in 2000. Would have been a great candidate back then when the neocons and the Warhawks were in charge. Oh, yeah. But today she showed herself to be, quite frankly, emotional and unstable. Yeah. That's what I took away from Nikki Haley. And it's a shame because I like Nikki Haley. But that woman is governed far too much by her emotions, and she has, in my opinion, absolutely no reason to be on that stage. The surprise to me was Chris Christie. And it wasn't really a surprise. I know that Chris Christie is a good debater. I thought his policy answers were were good. I don't want to see Chris Christie become the nominee because right. I don't believe first I don't believe Chris Christie is. He's, he's not, he's at least one candidate who is not conservative enough for me. Simple as that. Um, <clears throat> but he was a surprise Tuesday night, a quite a present surprise, to be honest with you. I think Ron did, uh, remarkably well. Vivek was a little bit of a disappointment because it was all rhetoric, no substance. And Nikki Haley, well, just, uh, just an emotional an emotional woman who needs to get those under control, quite frankly, before she moves on to the next debate. Danielle, I've talked about that this. That was the last so, debate, wasn't it? It was this the last one? I thought that was it, yeah. God, I hope not. I might be wrong. I thought that was it. Yeah. I may have just made that up. Yeah, I hope not. Um, I mean, the, the primaries aren't until May. Plenty of time for, for more debates. Uh, but if that is the case, then Vivek has some... Yeah, I might be wrong. Chat, am, did I just make that up? I might, seriously, might have just made that up. Yeah, Vivek has some work to do, I think. Because well, I... Dude, I, he's... Bit, I like, like him. He's four. He's at least third, if not fourth. Like, he has a lot of work to do. Well, I guess, I mean, like, for second place, I'm saying third or fourth, like, they're fighting for second. Yeah. Um, Cameron so he's says, at least third. Yeah, Cameron says the bitter pill for some to swallow is the sooner the party accepts Trump is going to be the nominee, the sooner it can be cohesive and govern. I don't necessarily disagree with that, or I wouldn't disagree with that under normal circumstances. The, the problem is Donald Trump's under four indictments right now. We don't know at this point if he's going to be the nominee. I presume he is. He's obviously the presumptive nominee. And, and I hope it's going to be Donald Trump because, like I said, I want that backhand slap to the establishment's face. But if it's not going to be Trump, who's in the wings? And that's why I began that by saying, well, who's in the wings, right? right. Who's the, uh, who's the um, what do they call that in a play where you have the lead and then they have their backup? Understudy. Their understudy. Who is the understudy? And for many people, I know it's Vivek. But it's it's I think they only want Vivek simply because of his um, his his bombastic persona and the fact that he's willing to say things that other candidates aren't willing to say. But Vivek is very light on policy and we have to pay attention to that. We have to surely as voters, we should be paying attention to that. Yeah, and I mean, in numbers wise, they don't want Vivek. Vivek is significantly behind yeah. Haley, who is significantly behind. It's different, Florida boy. It's different. Who's way with, behind uh, Trump. Yeah, it's different with Donald Trump. You know, the first time around, I wanted Trump to talk about policy, 
He didn't, but it didn't matter because he went on to be a policy-driven president. So we have that evidence from Trump. If you ignore all the sideshow that goes on around Donald Trump, he was a policy-driven president. So I know his record, and I'm comfortable with Donald Trump being president again. I want to know what what Vivek's... How is Vivek going to turn around the economy? How's Vivek, right? How's he how's he going right. to to address the this uh, conflict with with Putin? You can't simply just say, "Well, I'm I'm, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to be involved." Or I'll deal with that when I get there. Yeah. People need to know. They need to right. know in advance. So Cameron's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, if Trump's the nominee, there are a lot of people that are just going to suck it up and they're going to vote for Trump. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who are going to say, nope, I'll never vote for Trump. Luckily, there are more people who have decided they're not going to vote for Biden. Right. If you look at the numbers, 48% have said they will never vote for Trump and 49% have said they will never vote for Biden. But think think about that. 48% of Republicans have said they will never vote for Donald Trump. Do you think that's for real or they'll come home when I it's think time? they'll come home. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, what are their choices going to be? Right. Unless, well, and how many Democrats will go home too, though? Yeah, unless Joe Biden isn't the nominee, and I still don't right. believe he will be. Do you not? No, I still believe it's going to be Gavin Newsom. I'm absolutely certain it's going to be Gavin Newsom. You think folks will vote for that guy? It's going to be an interesting test. I would hope not. I would hope that anybody outside of California looking in would say, no way he's going to get to do yeah. that to the rest of the country. But um, Democrats are a Democrats are a tribal bunch, man. They really They're are. They're going to vote for their candidate. It's Republicans that, that will walk away. It's Republicans that will stay away from the polls. And if Trump wasn't the nominee, you'd see 30% of these these folks that came over for Trump, you'd see them go straight back to the likes of Gavin Newsom. Right. It's just where we are. Dave says Vivek is a rhetoric and identity candidate like Buttigieg. Yeah, uh, Pete Buttigieg is over in Ukraine right now. Don't ask me why the transportation secretary needs to, no, uh, uh, Ukraine, sorry. What did, did I say, Iran? No, you said Ukraine. Oh, okay, good. Don't ask me why the transportation secretary needs to be playing, paying a visit to Ukraine, but that's where he is. Do you hear Tim Scott say we need to attack Iran? Yes. What the actual? F- yeah. But I think don't, it was just a, that guy. It was Do a slip of the tongue. It's just like I heard. Um, no, I heard he Nikki- talked about it. He said why he thought that. <sighs> Wait, are you talking about? Tim Scott saying that we needed to attack Iran. Yeah, he he didn't mean it, surely. Okay. Did he mean it? He meant it. I never mentioned Tim Scott. He came across as lackluster to me. How did he come across to you? I like him. So, I mean, like I said, they all, I felt like they all were themselves that you know, I know I say that, that the showmanship and the rhetoric isn't, it's not the whole race, but you've got to have a little bit of it. Yeah. Just a little bit. I know DeSantis is is kind of, 
for, I guess most people would, especially the way he's campaigned, a little bit dull, a little bit boring. But he's also he's also capable of throwing out some zingers. Yeah. Tim Scott, man, he's just just a little bit. Well, and a little bit beige. Yeah. Very beige for a black guy. Um, Yes. Yeah. I didn't mean it that way, but yeah, I know. I know. Um, Like everything he said, like every policy he talked about, every policy position he took, he said, and I've done it. Yes. Right. Because they were all things that he's done in Florida, all things that he fixed in Florida. Yeah. And it he's done it. it. That should matter. Yeah, it should matter. And that's why me personally, I think if it's not going to be Trump, I, I assume it will be. Obviously, I'm assuming that these indictments, because you know what I think about these indictments, they're all bullshit, except for the right. one in Florida, which I think could be problematic, but can be easy. I, I think it will be sorted out pre-trial by determining the president's right to de- authority to declassify. I don't think that ever gets in front of a jury, but whatever, we'll see. The others are nonsense. They're complete horseshit. Yes, in New York, he's already been found liable, but that's a civil suit, right? There's nothing criminal going on there. There's absolutely nothing there that can prevent Trump being on the ballot. He'll pay a fine and move on. This this January 6th thing in D.C., I mean, they have nothing. Right. They've got nothing. I understand that there. We've talked about these ballot measures and the case law for these. The sorry, not these ballot. These these efforts to keep Trump off the ballot, and the fact that there's case law now is a little bit concerning. But it's important to point out that that case law doesn't involve a presidential candidate. It involves a congressional candidate, and many people will tell you that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment only applies to Congress and the Senate anyway, and it doesn't apply to the president. But this this thing in, they've, they've got nothing in, in D.C. They've, there's no evidence that President Trump caused an insurrection, took part in an insurrection, or aided and abetted those who did take part in an insurrection. And that's what all these measures are to get him off the ballot. They're not, they're not claiming he's an insurrectionist. They're claiming he provided aid and comfort to insurrectionists, right? Yes. right? Well, there's no evidence of that whatsoever. So I think they're going, at the end of the day, I think they're going nowhere. The only one that has teeth is this thing down in Florida, and um, well, the case law has yet to be made, right? In that circumstance, and and if the president can get a better legal team, because we've seen the shit show that's going on in Florida with the president's legal team. Oh right, the the fact that they didn't present any evidence whatsoever of about the uh, the value of his properties, for example. Um, it's just a, a complete mess, but if he can get that under control, I think he'll be fine down there. So yeah, I do believe the nominee will be Donald Trump. I believe he will be on the ballot in all 50 States. And if that's the case, I believe he absolutely trounces Joe Biden, but I believe that damn ballot Republicans have a really bad day if they can't get their shit together. 
I was wrong, by the way. There's a debate in December, but I think that's it. And so the Democrats aren't debating at all. Well, no, they have their um, they have their nominee. They have they have uh, uh, Joe Biden. Has anyone stepped up to challenge him yet? I haven't heard of anybody. So I don't okay. know of anyone that's officially thrown their hat into the race. Me neither. And even if they had, why would Biden show up to debate them? It's just like right. Trump. Why would he show right. up right. to debate these? Uh, why why show up to debate the understudy? Right. You know what I mean? Because that's all they are at the moment is the understudy. They're competing for second place or a cabinet position. Well, Chris Christie's never going to get a cabinet position. Right. Vivek has a possibility of uh, of a vice presidential uh, picks, but so does Ron DeSantis. And quite frankly, I think DeSantis, if, if those two can bear, if the nation saw those two bury the hatchet and for Donald Trump to ask Ron DeSantis to be his VP, because Ron DeSantis should be the presumptive nominee for 2028. He right. should be. And having the VP slot going into that would, would be a huge benefit to uh, Ron DeSantis. But I believe that is what will, that will fix the Republican party. That will fix it. That will bring the two sides together. There's no way that's going to happen. God, I hope it does. It'd be really nice. Yeah. They could actually be adults. Yeah. If you want, if we want Republicans damn ballot to do well, that's what we would need. We would need a Trump DeSantis ticket with the long-term goal of DeSantis being the next president of the United States. Trump would have to stop calling him DeSanctimonious. I don't, I haven't heard him calling that, but maybe he has. I just haven't heard no, it. No, I haven't heard I him say he, it in a while. I, I haven't he, heard him say anything about him in a while. He said, he said in his rally yeah, uh, Tuesday, last night, sorry. He said, as he was talking about Hillary Clinton, he said, I don't call her crooked Hillary anymore. I call her beautiful Hillary because Joe Biden's crooked Biden. The guy is amazing. It's oh absolutely we amazing. Are so far over. We got to get out of here, y'all. I, I call her what beautiful you, Hillary. What do you got this weekend? I can't keep up with you anymore. You and Dave? Yeah, me and Dave. Saturday right. at um, 10 a.m. All right. Y'all, thank you so, so much for hanging out with us. Beautiful Al, Hillary. Al and Dave will be here Saturday and we'll be back on Monday. We love you. We appreciate you. We'll see you out there. Love you guys. Bye. See ya. Bye.